This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. There is more fallout from the apology and legal settlement between the federal government and Omar Khadr. Lawyers for the widow of the U.S. soldier he admitted to killing have filed a motion to freeze Cotter's bank accounts following the $10.5 million award he received last week. At least uh, it is reputed to be $10.5 million. The government wouldn't confirm that. There's also a new study out from Angus Reid saying that more than 70% of Canadians think the federal government should not have settled out of court with Omar Cotter. We want to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with Mike Van Solen from Navigator Limited and also Howard Anglin, former Deputy Chief of Staff and Legal Advisor to Stephen Harper. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Libby, great to be here. Thank you very much for having me, Libby. Okay, so Howard, let's start with you with the legal aspects of this. Um, I'm just wondering, is this, uh, you know, closing the barn doors after the horses have escaped? I mean, if if Cotter received that money last week, uh, you know, do we know if it's actually even in his name anymore or if they did not move quickly to keep that money away from anyone else well you're right we don't know any of that we don't know where the money is um we don't even know as you, as you said the amount although we believe it's uh, more than 10 million dollars um some things we do know though is generally speaking as a matter of principle a u.s judgment like the one that uh, tabitha spear has uh, uh, let's just refresh people's memory. That there was a judgment for $134 million. Yes. yes, I believe it was in a Utah court a couple of years ago. Right. And so in principle, that can be enforced in Canada. It doesn't mean that there aren't hurdles or that Cotter wouldn't have arguments, but in principle, it can be enforced. Uh, this, your specific question, though, where's the money that the government gave Cotter? Well, we don't know, but we, but it is possible to get an order, and I, think, I believe this is what... Um, Tabitha Spear is seeking in court in order to freeze those assets wherever they are and no matter who's holding. And I would also add, it's actually against the law to uh, move assets around or to give away assets deliberately to avoid um, a creditor. And in this case, uh, or, or that would include a judgment like this uh, that somebody's trying to enforce. Oh, uh, I wasn't aware of that, but I guess uh, I guess that's a, a question of uh, until the Canadian court says yes, they're a creditor. I'm not sure they'd be a creditor. I mean, uh, do you think that there is any actual chance of this being successful? I think there is a chance, um, without knowing the very, uh, without knowing what Cotter's lawyers will plead against it. it 
I would say it would be hard to put an actual percentage of chance on it, but I'd say it's a it's a reasonable chance, but probably not an overwhelming chance. Okay, uh, Mike, let's bring you in and let's talk sure. about the uh, the public opinion aspect. So, uh, Angus Reid poll showing that seventy one percent of people uh, disagree with the government's settlement. Uh, I was saying that if it had been a poll of our listeners, it would have been more like 90 percent. And uh, what I found really interesting on the weekend was that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the kind of left-leaning mainstream media is in favor of this settlement. But if you went to social media, you would see that even they understand that this is very much out of touch with what a majority of Canadians think. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that what offended Canadians was the seeming uh, arbitrary nature of the number. How was it derived at? And we did have a legal process that was playing out and the government could have allowed to play out. And I think they just feel that uh, it was it was in the interest of political expedience that the government thought that they could wrap a nice bow around this and be done with it. Uh, I, in time, I think we're gonna we're gonna see that that was that was sort of poor calculus, political calculus on their part, because what Canadians don't get through this is closure, and, and it's been a difficult period, and tough decisions have been made have to be made around uh, Mr. Cotter since two thousand and three, uh, and. But clearly, there was no there's no shortchanging the process at this point. The courts, I think, would have been the most uh, appropriate way to settle and and decide decide what had happened and a remedy was required in the in the form of an apology or monies. Uh, but by bringing politics into it. In their attempt to make this the final chapter and making such a political decision without transparency, without even talking to the Canadian public about it, that defends sensibilities. E- even for those folks who think uh, there's been mistreatment there, and, and certainly, uh, you know, there's suggestions that there has been. Even for those folks, uh, this number just to drop from the sky and to think that we're all going to be okay with it and put it to bed, uh, I think was an oversight on the government's part. I guess the question is, are they going to suffer suffer any uh, political fallout and, and damage? Um, I mean, one of the things that I found particularly stunning is that they were blaming the previous government for not settling and saying they were doing it to save taxpayer money, you know, but in the context of the things they do to waste taxpayer money, for political reasons, it it just seemed right. I mean, there's two big problems, of course, with that. Uh, one, you know, their their view of history isn't long enough because this began with with the Kretchen Kretchen and, and government. Kretchen the the offense, such as it was, occurred under the Kretchen right. government, and, and they had uh, they had sort of many years to decide whether they were going to allow allow him to re- remain in Gitmo, whether they were going to take efforts to to bring him to to this country. Uh, he could have potentially been tried for treason. There was probably other uh, ways that. The Canadian government could have dealt with at the time, but they didn't. Uh, Stephen Harper uh, inherited uh, the situation. He was already in, in Guantanamo at, at the time when he came in, and shortly after taking office, he uh, Harper taking office, he also confessed. There's questions about whether it's undressed, but he also confessed to the crime. So, um, so one for the Liberals to suggest that it was the previous government's fault uh, is a short version of, of history, and two. Uh, Look, no one's buy, buying their their their, uh, their care for the taxpayer in this regard. Uh, I mean, it's uh, very 
interesting, Howard. I mean, do you have do you have any take on that? Do you think that there is a possibility of lasting political damage, given that you know an election is a long way away? Well, well, you said that your your listeners are at least ninety percent opposed to this. Um, I certainly at least believe the the poll that you cited at the beginning. I've never seen an intensity of anger about a single issue, at least in the last couple of years. It's the first time under Trudeau I've seen this sort of intensity of, of anger. And not just intensity, but broad-based. I was at the Calgary Stampede yesterday, and it was easily the number one topic of discussion just among casual, non-political folks. So, yes, I absolutely think it. it I think this could become Trudeau's you-had-an-option-sir moment, because this was his choice. And he and the option. fact he that... He did not have to... He did not have to make this settlement. And the fact that uh, he was conveniently out of the country and yeah. sounded annoyed when it was even brought up with him. Oh, oh, absolutely. And seemed unprepared even to discuss it. Like, he wondered why this would even be an issue to people. Um, they're very, very defensive. And then, of course, to put it back on uh, Prime Minister Harper, uh, who has, uh, you pointed out, inherited the problem from the previous Liberal government. Um, I, I agree with I agree that this should have gone to trial. These were complex issues. A lot of people want to just say charter, charter violation, payment. I mean, it's actually not that simple. There are really complex legal issues at play here. Uh, they go to everything from the responsibility of Canadians for uh, treatment at the hands of another country. I mean, even if he was mistreated, he was done. He was mistreated by the Americans. Why are Canadian taxpayers paying for that? Um, well, and the effort, yeah. The other thing is that, of course, the conservatives say that repatriating him was the remedy for his... Well, it was the remedy, yes, for the 2010 Supreme Court decision. That's exactly what the Supreme Court is being asked to decide, and the Supreme Court left it up to the government to provide its own remedy. And they eventually, uh, I could say we, I was there at the time, uh, repatriated him. Um, So that, that was clearly the remedy to the 2010 Supreme Court decision. And, uh, you know, I, I saw some interviews with him, uh, his demeanor, I thought, was pretty good, but he said, I don't deny what I did. And he told the CBC that he's still close with his family. So who's to know? I mean, if you get $10.5 million windfall, would you not give some to your mother and your sister? Uh, so I, I think that just adds a whole other layer right. of... Uh, you know, I mean, his family is, of course, to, is a big part of the story. And, and I get it. It's complicated. And I get he was young when this took place. Um, but 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 those are the facts of the case. And the, and the facts of the case is his father is is, is a known associate. Was. With some, uh, was a, uh, you know, a known associate of some really terrible people. Yeah, Osama and, bin Laden. Uh, exactly. And, and so so I don't think we can discount that as 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 a context for everything that has transpired and and is that unfair uh i don't think it's unfair but uh, you know i get i get that he was young when this started out and, it, and it's been a difficult life uh life situation he's found himself in that said it does not absolve one of responsibilities for the actions they take uh the courts can uh, can decide exactly how we met out and deal with those things uh but they're very real and important issues that need to be considered as we go through this uh as we go through this issue yeah um got to get to these phones we've got william in toronto hi william hello you're um, on the air we're listening i view it this way um uh, <clears throat> Uh, this is a good precedent set uh, for other people to sue 
and keep our constitution uh, solid and workable. Um, and um, I don't really like all the circumstances surrounding this whatsoever, but viewing it from that point of view, it gives other people uh, the opportunity to, uh, like I said, the precedent is set. Other people can take this kind of action, and this makes our constitution stronger um, and more viable. And it's what we did to Omar Carter in, in the prison that counts, not what he did uh uh, uh, as uh, he was influenced improperly uh, at a young age. If we did not do these this, these torture uh, tactics in prison, uh, which are horrifying, because I read up on on, on all well, of no, no, you know that it was sleep deprivation in his case, and and I mean, you know, your argument I think opens the door. Do we uh, do we give millions of dollars to every murderer who does it because he had a terrible childhood? I think no, that what we did. So what did we we we, uh, we interrogated him? Deprivation because their constitution says don't do that kind of stuff in, in, in prison. So if we don't do that, then we won't have to pay out any money. And if we do that, we have to uphold our constitution and pay out money. So okay. that's what we did, not what he did. That's the overall important. Uh, a factor in this case as I see it. Okay, William, you're one of the 30% who approves. Uh, 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 Mike is anxious to respond. <laughs> well, uh, I, th- I think Howard may have a view a view on, on sort of the legal implications, but uh, we have to understand uh, he, you know, he was in an American prison at the time, and I, I get people could look at it and say the, the the federal government was in some some ways complicit and, and not, not asking for him to come back sooner. But the Americans are a very important ally of us. Uh, the first dis- import, critical decisions were taken in 03 and 04 by the by the Liberal government, and and that sort of set us on the course we were at. Uh, I think the piece is. Uh, how do how did we settle on ten point five million dollars if that's the real number? And I think a legal process would have been a more robust way to get at what is the appropriate uh, what is the appropriate if any uh, uh, f- you know funding apology that is owed uh, to him well, for this. A- and and I just I think it just feels like ex- uh, political expedience over the actual pursuit of of a rightful remedy is what took place. Well, yeah, and you know what, honestly. It it would not have bothered me if the Supreme Court or whichever court would have decided they, that Canada had to pay him. But sometimes when you apply uh, lofty laws in the particular application, it's wrong and we should fight it when it's wrong, even if ultimately we have to do something to make sure the principle survives. That's, uh, that's my take on it. Let's go to Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Yeah, uh, I'm really upset about it, but here's the thing, what I see. The government has done, first of all, they shouldn't have done this, but then they deliberately put that money out quick enough so that it couldn't be captured by this family that's sued for it. it will, so I, 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 just, I just have to interject. I saw one denial of that. I don't know how credible that is, but so uh, it, it was certainly reported that that's what they did. Uh, guys, do you either have more clarity on whether that is in fact true? Well, I don't think there's a lot of transparency on it, but you know, the information available to us, it it seems that they moved pretty quickly to to uh, to once they made took the decision, they moved pretty quickly to uh, to do the settlement, 
and, and to move on both to avoid public scrutiny and uh, and potentially to to support his efforts to actually receive those funds. Okay, Bob, continue. Yeah, well, here's what I see is going to happen. Because the government kind of rushed to make sure, and he probably encouraged them to rush it, so these family couldn't claim that money. So here's what I see happening. That family is going to go after the federal government to pay. And I also believe that he has that money out of the country already, okay? That's what I believe. So all his legal bills are not paid, from what I can gather. No, usually, no, I think that usually when there is a settlement like that, it goes through the lawyers first. So I can assure you, if there's if there's one thing I'd be certain of, is that the lawyers are being paid. <laughs> I doubt it. And the reason that I don't think they've been paid, because the lawyers know if the government has done this, then they they have the right to go and sue the government for their legal bills, which would be on top. This is going to go on for a long, long time. But why I see this problem we have here is the rules about um, age of majority for kids or whatnot, this, this business of 18 years old, that shouldn't be fixed. You know, for example, if you're under 18 and you're not deemed as an adult, for one, you shouldn't be allowed to roam around the street. But you could apply to, for, uh, to become an adult, an age of majority, so that you can act as an independent individual, younger, if that's what you wanted to do. Well, a lot so of people are tried as adults, even if they're uh, youthful uh, offenders. Bob, thanks very much for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, Howard, do you have a sense of that? Am I right that the lawyers would get paid first? Uh, that's usually the case, but... I. I look at the example of Maher Arar's settlement uh, a number of years ago where the government gave him $10.5 million and then an extra million for the lawyers and the legal fees. Um, I don't know if anybody's asked the government the separate question here. Are they giving extra money to pay for legal fees? Um, but that's just part of all the secrecy that's surrounding the settlement. Oh, well, which I will note is, is not unusual. Settlements are often done in secret, but this is such a high-profile case that um, – and there's so many complications, including whether uh, the widow of Sergeant Spear can recover the money, that I think the government should have been much more forthcoming. Uh, I mean, Trudeau is out saying there is a judicial process that's underway, blah, 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 on Tuesday. And then we learned two days later they were actually cutting the check that day. So, um, yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, really something. Uh, Mike, do you have any insight into the legal settlement? Would, would we know if they were p- cutting a separate check for the lawyer? Well, unless the government chooses to tell us, uh, we don't know. Um, you know, to to all my legal friends out there, uh, you know, it strikes me that they're pretty, you know, uh, you know, they're they're pretty good at uh, getting paid, um, and I mean that with, uh, you know, anyways, great affection in the nicest great possible effect, way. Great affection, uh, <laughs> yeah. But 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 the but the thing is, we don't know, and I think Howard's uh, Howard's hit on it that um, we're just left to guess about so much, and, and while settlements are are often, uh, you know, there's conf- there's there's non disclosure yeah. agreements around. Yeah. 
them. Uh, they certainly could have understood and appreciated that with the great interest in this case, uh, that's probably wasn't going to cut it in this matter. And frankly, it didn't have to be a secret uh, settlement. If they allowed the court case uh, in the court process to play out, uh, there would have been greater transparency uh, as to where we ended up. But you know, that's, that's right. not, not the Absolutely. path they picked. And uh, and if, if people would have been angry about it, they could have been angry at the court, not at the government. Let's go to uh, Jim in Vaughan. Hello, Jim. Uh, uh, I've got some kind of weird echo there. Jim, are you there? Okay. That is not going to work out well. Okay, uh, people, um, it, it, when you're on the line, a, a landline is best. Uh, okay, let us go to Trent in Paris, Ontario. Hello, Trent. Hi, Libby. I live in St. Thomas, but I pulled over at Paris to call. Okay, Listen, good. I'm glad you pulled over. Uh, yes, I'm a very strong conservative, and I study this whole liberal thing. I think we're going to be fooled on this. It's two and a half years to the next election. They're going to turn this Yahoo into a victim. Within one week, they've already spun people from probably a 90% frustration rate to only a 70%. And, and that means they haven't got much farther to go. With having the leftist media on their side, this, this, this Cotter will become a folk hero in the very near future, and there'll be a monument erected in his, in his name. And, you know, it sounds crazy, but they seem to do this at every level of liberal politics. Well, um, I, would, I would agree. I think that he was somewhat lionized in some of the left-wing uh, media. Uh, so I think that's the case, uh, I, you know. Um, well, and remember, liberals aren't the brightest voters. They they're low information, so this will <laughs> this will start to get sugarcoated, and it won't be important, especially if they start talking about pot again. So, I think we're done. Uh, conservatives are a little deeper thinkers, and even though we're all outraged, it won't be enough to to for him to not get thirty nine point five percent in 2019. That's why they've started early. They really are fantastic campaigners and horrific governors. Um, well, uh, tell I, us what you really think. Thanks for that, Trent. I, I always do. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Simone in Parkdale. Hello, Simone. Hi there. If, if um, Catter would had had a chance to kill a Canadian soldier instead of an American, he would have done the same thing. And that would have been, of course, called treason. But it's still treason because he went to fight on the, the, on a, to a sworn front on behalf of a sworn enemy of the West. And uh, so he's getting paid for that. And, you know, there, there were two uh, Canadians uh, captured by the Muslim terrorists in the Philippines a while back. And they were killed, and there was no ransom paid. And Trudeau came out adamantly say, saying adamantly there would be no money paid for, uh, you know, for them. And that rightly so, because it would encourage more of this. But uh, why are we paying this guy $10 million when we let two Canadians be killed? And, uh, you know, there's, uh, we were adamant we were not going to pay ransom. Uh, if, he, if the, you know, if, if a person had gone, to, uh, a Canadian had gone over to join the Nazis in the Second World War, they would have been either hung for treason, or you know, or definitely jailed. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I we're we're probably conflating two different stories, similar but different stories yeah, in, in some respects. But, make but point, you know? your your sentiment. Uh, I agree. I, you know, I get, I get the sentiment at the same time. And, yeah, and you know what? I think you, you've hit on something, Simone, because uh, one of the things that the people I've spoken to f find most offensive, people with a military background, is that 
our soldiers were fighting on the other side right. uh, as allies. You know, this this particular firefight in Afghanistan was against Americans, but it, it could easily have been our boys. That's and right. they're over there getting killed, and that's what a lot of people find most offensive that's right. about we this. That's right. We know that his family is a terrorist family. Why are we paying? And they're going to get money, too. His family is going to get some of that money, and we're paying them. It's just, it reminds me of the, the, um, uh, a while back, a few years ago, there was a, a, um, a warlord from Somalia who came over, brought his wife over and his several kids, and they were put on welfare, and he went back to fight in Somalia, and I think he got killed. So there's problems still here on welfare, and, uh, you know, and we're paying people for the, the things like this, and this is, this is wrong. Okay, Simone, thanks for that. Uh, it, I, as I, I've been saying since last week, I'd like to find the immigration officer who who let this family into the country. Sure, Howard, yeah, or, or or the Christian government that uh, intervened to bring back the father uh, when he was in prison in Pakistan for uh, attacking the Egyptian embassy, and brought him back to Canada, and he immediately turned around and moved his family back to the Pakistan-Afghan border regions where they were intimates of Osama bin Laden. Um, we'd all be much better off if Carter Senior had been left to molder in a Pakistan prison. Um, well, I, I don't think or, there's or a crime he committed, right? Legitimate. I, I, I don't think there's a, a big argument about that. Uh, Joan in Oshawa, you're fed up. Yes, I am, Libby. I really am. I'd like to take the government and hang each and every one of them. Oh, I, okay. I'm, language, I, language. I, yes, I'm sorry. Excuse me. But as Simone said, about our men fighting over there. You know, it's a slap in the face to them. It's also a slap in the face to our war vets that went in the first, second, and Korean wars. It's, it's, not, it's not something that even the Supreme Court should have ordered um, to the government. And the government didn't have to carry it out. Uh, they said, you know, they gave the government an option. But the government went ahead, you know, like lackadaisy and just figures, well, so what, he killed somebody and he wounded somebody else, so who cares? I mean, that, that is a terrible, terrible attitude. And the Canadian people are paying out of their pockets, and that's money that a lot of working hard Canadians don't have. Yeah, well, and one of the Liberal government's arguments is that it would have been even more money if it had been allowed to work its way through the courts, but... I don't agree with that necessarily. I don't, I don't think so. I think that uh, it uh, might have dropped, you know, in price, but the thing is, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been paid anything. And as far as I'm concerned, he shouldn't even have had an apology, because bringing him back to Canada was an apology in itself. I think uh, I think your sentiments perfectly capture what I guess most people in the Angus Reid uh, poll would have said. Uh, your, your frustrations are perfectly expressed. You know, oh. and I don't forget. Oh well, oh, even two years from now, you think I'm going to vote liberal? Uh-uh. I'm not even going to vote the uh, provincial liberals then. Well, that, that's, a, that's a whole other kettle of fish, Joan. Thanks for your call. You're very welcome. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, and uh, I think we're going to hear an opinion on the other side from Doug and Lindsay. Hi, Doug. Hi, Libby. Yes, uh, I think uh, the government is claiming they had a responsibility to Qadar for the uh, imprisonment and the treatment he had. But conversely, that means we also had a responsibility for him. And uh, 
uh, in as much as he uh, shot one and killed one of our allies, uh, I don't think that uh, this calls for reward. You know, we, this is opening it up to any of the Canadians who have gone over to fight with ISIS. If they uh, happen to kill a Canadian soldier or an American, uh, are we going to uh, uh, reward them, too? It uh, just opened a whole new kettle of fish. I just hope they don't let them back into the country. I hope so. <laughs> here, here. Okay, thank you for that, Doug. Right. Okay. Um, we've got uh, some more callers on the line. We've got Ted in Toronto. Hi, Ted. Libby, how are you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. I'll be brief. Um, I listened to the lady a couple of callers ago who brought up the issue uh, and the matter of the two unfortunate people who were kidnapped in the Philippines yep. and killed yep. because, quote, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Right. Okay. How come uh, they didn't apply that thinking? I was going to say reasoning, but they don't reason. Uh, in this instance, why are we negotiating with a terrorist? The guy's a terrorist. And uh, to... You talked about lionizing, you know, this or one of the other callers, but you used the word lionizing. Well, certainly in the Toronto Star, uh, in some of the work they did covering him. Also, dare I say, the CBC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what else I want to say, and I'll let you go, Libby. Um, We... There's a country song and there's a line in it. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And in this instance, and I see it with Canada, my parents came here ages and ages ago. They didn't want anything except thanks for having us. They went to town and made their fortune. But uh, the Canadian government, um, and and I I look at other governments, the British government, government, the uh, U.S. government. Look at in Texas, for instance. I, I, I don't necessarily support capital punishment, but if a 15-year-old kid slaughters somebody in the state of Texas or in other states in the U.S., they're tried as an adult. And so this 15-and-a-half-year-old Cotter, who was influenced by his father, went out. He knew what he was doing. And... Uh, my background is in education, and I, I can tell you, when I see kids do certain things, they know. They've weighed the consequences. But if they haven't weighed the consequences, they did it for their own edification. They wanted street cred. Uh, they thought that uh, they were going to aggrandize themselves in some way. And that's what this kid did. We gave up $10.5 bucks that we know of. That we know of. To oh. this punk. Okay, Ted, thanks for your call. Thanks, Libby. Okay, uh, we are starting to run out of time. Let's hear from Brian in Etobicoke. Hi, Brian. Hi, uh, Libby. You know what this is all about? What's it all about? It's all about my papa's Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Isn't it great? We even look after people like Omar Cotter. Of course, when it came to freedom, part of the charter didn't help that hostage in... uh, the Philippines did it. He called off that mission that was all set to go. But all this is is him trying to promote his father and his charter of rights. And it's and that's turned into nothing but a sick joke anyway. 
it's all about people whining about their rights. Oh, I wasn't able to order uh, my 7-Up in French on an Air Canada flight. Oh, well, we'll give you $10,000 for that, even though you're perfectly bilingual. This is a sick, ongoing joke. Okay, Brian, thanks for that. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about the fallout from the Omar Cotter settlement. So a couple of things. Lawyers for the widow of the man that he admitted to killing in that firefight have filed a motion in an Ontario court to try to recover some of that money. They want the money frozen. This is the money that we believe was paid to him last week. Well, that's confirmed. Uh, we believe it was $10.5 million. The government is not being very transparent. So question is, is any is there any hope at all that um, the widow who received a judgment of $134 million in a Utah court will be able to recover that money? It is fairly standard for American judgments to be enforced here. In the meantime, an Angus Reid poll uh, shows that 71% of Canadians oppose the fact that the government settled, gave an apology, gave this money. And uh, just speaking for myself, I I can't really think of anything else that has opened this level of anger and and frustration. It's, It's really hit a nerve though it is a long time before the next election. Let's go to Karen in Bolton. Hi, Karen. Hi, Libby. Um, I've been listening, and my concern is this. I don't understand how someone who is a Canadian uh, goes and joins an organization that fights against Canadians and our allies is even a Canadian anymore. Where does that come from? Doesn't he give that up when he fights against us? Um, Guys, who wants to answer? How, Howard, you you might Howard. you may know the inside and outside of that a little better than us, but uh, well, uh, one one of the uh, certainly putting putting the legal bit aside, and uh, unfortunately his case didn't doesn't meet the qualifications of treason. Um, uh, but that said, one of the things that I've heard from uh, soldiers and uh, veterans that I know is um, that video of Cotter putting together IEDs. Like, like he's making Lego on this family carpet. Um, that is one of the most chilling things that uh, Canadian Forces soldiers uh, uh, face in uh, with this case is because so many of them know people and had friends who lost their lives to almost identical IEDs. And yes, that's not part of this case. It's not part of the settlement. It's not part of it's not relevant to his treatment at Guantanamo Bay. Uh, but the, that same sentiment that uh, this guy was out there setting explosive devices that killed hundreds of Canadians and allied soldiers in Afghanistan, that he was at least involved in one firefight um, that could have been, uh, but for the grace of God, a Canadian soldier. Um, that is absolutely appalling, putting the legal elements aside. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Roger in Toronto. Hi, Roger. Good afternoon. You're on the air? Hi. Okay. Well, I think all that money's gone offshore already. That's what I would have done if I was a crook. Uh, <laughs> that's the end of it. It's gone. You know, it might be going to the terrorists themselves, a little bit in his own pocket, just to keep going here. And then he'll probably disappear for sure. 
because, hey, you know, nobody wants to give me a job and, you know, everybody doesn't like me and all that kind of stuff, you know. But you got to remember one thing, guys. When you saw him building those bombs, like I'm not, I'm not a dumb bunny. I know exactly what's going on here, okay? When he was building those bombs, how do we know how many people he killed? How do you know if he didn't kill any Canadians? How do you know who else he killed? And what are the other people in Afghanistan saying now that are on our side helping the Americans and the allies there? And they're saying, gee, we can't get nothing out of these guys, and our, our families are all being threatened and maybe even murdered one day when these Americans leave. That, that's going to be really bad. Am I right? Uh, guys, do you want to respond to Roger? No, no. I, I mean, I look the the, the circumstantial sort of evidence uh, and, and pieces that we know about this case are, are, are troubling, uh, you know. And and I'll and I'll go to the fact that you know what we gloss over a little bit in this Canadian context. Uh, Roger is from Rochester. Yeah. No, no. Roger is from here. The uh, what I understand, you know, Roger is. Uh, we let's think about what we gloss over is, is thinking about the Spear family. You know, we we're talking about the Canadian government, all the pieces. She's bringing forward this case. Uh, you know, Sergeant Spear was killed. Uh, you know, that's, that's a fact we know. He was a soldier fighting on our side, uh, whether he had an American flag on his, on his chest or a Canadian. Uh, and, and, and that's a horrid thing. And that family does deserve something. That do, family does deserve uh, uh, closure itself. So I, I, I don't know the, what, how, what success this case will have in the courts as she brings it forward. I hope, I hope she's successful. And I hope there's closure or, or some, something for her family uh, through all this, too. Yeah, though I have to say $134 million settlement. Uh, we don't get settlements like that in Canadian yeah. courts yeah. usually. Uh, Let's go to Kate in Dunville. Hello, Kate. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. I've been trying to get you since Thursday, so I will be brief. I've made a few notes. Okay, very briefly, because we're running out of time on this. Canada is a very laid-back, permissive country. It passes different laws without letting the public know until it's too late. Is this democracy? Ten and a half million for a terrorist who murdered an innocent American medic whose ethic is to save lives no matter what country of origin. It's despicable. What about our soldiers who come home brutally maimed for life? If we have so much money in the budget, please give it to the people who deserve it. And didn't Omar ever hear of legal aid? Poor Canadians have to use that system. And nobody asked him to hire an expensive lawyer. Brutality is going on all over the world. And what makes him think he could get away with it and be rewarded? Divide the money up for the American widow, our casualties of war, and our seniors. I know one in particular who has to wait five months to get therapy because she doesn't have extra insurance on the OHEP. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Kate. Okay, uh, we're going to have to uh, wrap things up. Uh, a final thought, Howard Anglin. Where, uh, where is this going to go, in your opinion? Well, um, I, I do think this will stick. I, I do think that this coalesces a lot of frustrations Canadians had or have had about Trudeau. Um, and I think it's possible to believe that Cutter had a horrible childhood and yet is still responsible for his actions. I mean, that's true of most criminals. I think it's possible to believe that, uh, yes, he was only 16, but he should be held legally liable, as we do for uh, criminals uh, frequently in Canada and the U.S. And finally, I think it's possible to believe he was mistreated. 
Um, now, his worst allegations of torture uh, have never been tested in court, um, certainly not in Canada. But it's possible, to, even if you credit them, that he was mistreated, but the Canadians were not responsible. He was being held by the Americans. Okay. Um, I, worry about the, I do worry about the precedent that if we're responsible for the treatment of Canadians abroad, what does that say for Canadians detained in Saudi Arabia, China, North Korea, and our responsibilities to them? So okay. That's why I think this should have gone to trial. The facts should have been hashed out, and we would have had clarity. Okay, um, Howard, thanks for that. And Mike, uh, very quick uh, sure. summation. Sure. You know, look, I just think there was an attempt to tie a bow on this and hope that we can move past it. Uh, I There's no chance that's going to happen. Uh, this is going to be litigated by the public uh, for, for time, uh, a lot of time yet. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.